join me for this Christmas Day sermon entitled From the Mountain to the Manger to the Power of Three. So today, God has given me to minister to you from the sermon topic, From the Mountain to the Manger to the Power of Three. And that's what we're going to be ministering concerning today. You've heard the reading Galatians 4 through 7. Today we celebrate the manger scene. Yet it is vital that as we look at the manger and view baby Jesus, that in viewing the nativity scene, we understand that this baby came from somewhere. This day, Christmas, It's not about a pretty baby or pretty presents. Nope. It is far above that. It is about the reason for the baby and the presents. All right. I need, we need somebody to get that. We need the church to understand uh, the reason indeed for this season, for this day. The world at this time had experienced, we're talking about when Jesus was born, the world had experienced 400 years of silence. They are known as the silent years or the intertestamental period. This is when there was no prophetic voice from heaven. No one spoke up for God or spoke for God. There was silence. During these centuries, God sent no prophet to warn the people, direct the people, or encourage the people. My God. In other words, it was the total opposite of this verse here. Second Timothy, Second Timothy, you see it there, chapter 3 and verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It wasn't there. That scripture was not happening. This means that without God speaking a fresh word, there was less, talking about when Jesus was born, somebody, there was less doctrine, less reproof, less correction, and less instruction during this time. In other words, the world got darker and darker. Now, folks, you know I have to park it right there. Can can, can somebody understand what's going on today? Can, Can you see what's happening today that without the presence of God's word being spoken Truly prophetic. Oh, no, 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 no. This is not Christmas prophets. This is not uh, name it and claim it, you know, blab it and, and grab it, you know. No, no, no. That's Christmas prophets. I'm talking about God's prophets who speak to the time and the season to bring about light. Let me carry on here. It is important to understand that the Christmas story did not begin on this day. This day here is because of so very 
very many days and weeks and months and years and centuries before. Because heaven was shut up. Come on, somebody. Oh, my God. And we're getting there, folks. <laughs> because heaven was shut up. Hello, should I say that? Hallelujah. He said, remember the first event came because they shut up heaven. And the more that the world shuts up heaven, shuts up God. Guess what's coming again, folks? The rapture. So you just keep on trying to, you just keep on shutting up the church. Do your job because the rapture, the rapture will happen. Uh-huh. And so heaven was shut up. And now God was going to speak. Finally, there will be a sound, a voice, a message. The earth had tried to live by the law. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they were not redeemable under the law. Come on, somebody. You know I could go somewhere with that. And so God was about to send his grace. My God, all I need is a little bit more grace. When the law gets on my nerves, somebody, okay, Seaman, uh, is she going to go there on Christmas? Of course I am. When the law gets on my nerves, because they can't see it like God sees, has it been shown. When they can't talk to me like I know God wants it to be heard, then I got to say, God, I need your grace. Your grace is sufficient through this time. My God. And so through the failing, faltering law system, God sends his system, his grace, Jesus Christ. Earth had existed for hundreds of years without a fresh word from God. And now the very essence of God was about to show up and represent God in the earth. What I most admire about the biblical account of Christmas and the life of Jesus following that first Christmas is that it is about extremes. I want you to keep that in mind. It's about extremes. Hence, today, I want to look at the extremes of Christmas as we look at the extreme of a mountain compared to a manger. Come on, somebody, get it in your mind's eye. A mountain compared to a manger as I cover the following three points. Point number one, folks, there you have it. Point number one, from the mountain to the manger, from the glory of God to the glory of gross. All right. Point number two, mm. from the mountain to the manger, from the cross of Calvary to the hull of Hal. Mm -hmm. Some kind of Christmas message, isn't it? Yeah, this is the Christmas message we need. Point number three, from the mountain to the manger, from God's mountain to the manger of every sinner's heart. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Well, folks, let's get to it. Point number one, from the mountain to the manger, from the glory of God to the glory of the cross. The seed, hear me, hear me. <laughs> the seed came from somewhere. It always does. There can be no new life without seed. And the seed 
has a place of origin. The seed, wow, watch it now. The sperm of God or the genetic component of God came from the throne of God. All that God was in heaven was wrapped up in a sperm cell. Hmm. <laughs> I see you, Elder Rogers. Now, that's a miracle right there. Can you see it? I'll say it again. All that God was in heaven was wrapped up in a sperm cell. Wow. Now, that's a miracle. The power and majesty of God was in that seed. When the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, the presence of the kingdom of heaven, hey, hey, was upon her. <laughs> hey, God sends a representation, a representative of who he is from the mountain to the manger. Mm-hmm. The mountain of God. You think I'm just saying that? The mountain of God. Let me read about it here. Begin at the reading of God's holy word in Ezekiel uh, 28 verses 13 through verse 16. Let's, let's take a look at it. Ezekiel 28, 13. Let, let's go. Thou has been in Eden. The God of God, every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, the topaz, and the diamond and the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and the gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. <laughs> Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain. Do you see that, church? Do you see that? Because I got to preach in context. I got to make sure that the word supports the word and that it's not me. So we see the word here, don't we? Thou what? Wast upon the holy mountain. Glory, somebody say holy mountain. It's a holy mountain, the mountain of God. Can I stop right there, church, and encourage you that holiness is still right? It's still a <laughs> it's still a holy mountain. Glory to God. That's why we got to be holiness people. Hallelujah. When we come into the presence of the Lord, it's a holy experience. Glory to God. Yeah, thou has walked up and down in the midst of the sons of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of, there it is again, folks, the mountain of God. Come on. And the final part says, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Listen, church, let me just tell you, you can't just do any old thing and stay in God's presence. You can't come against God's word and sin and think you're going to stay in the holy place. No, no, no. It's a holy mountain, Shekinah. Glory to God. 
It's a, a holy people must occupy that place. Glory to God. And I continue here. I want to read Hebrews. It reads, but ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Hey, folks, this is real. In other words, listen, from the beginning to the end, God occupies early mountain. What we read was the beginning in Ezekiel and the end in Hebrews. A holy mountain. Could that be, church? Why, when God had major things to do, he showed up on a mountain. Let me give you some examples. Mount Ararat. A height of 3,896 meters, where Noah's ark rested after the flood. Mount Sinai, 2,285 meters, where Moses received the Ten Commandments. Mount Nebo, 808 meters, from this place is where Moses saw the promised land. Mount Carmel, 546 meters, where Elijah defeated the prophets of Baal. Montebor, 575 meters. This is where we saw the transfiguration of Jesus, where Peter, James, and John wanted to build a temple for Elias, Moses, and Jesus. Remember that? Now, what about this mountain mansion? I should say, this mountain mansion. Psalms 133, <laughs> verse 3. As the dew, come on, somebody, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. But there the Lord commended the blessing, even life forevermore. Glory to God. It's Mount Zion, 740 meters. A natural mountain, let me talk about it, is defined as an elevated portion of the earth's crust. And let me tell you, church, that there is no more an elevated place than heaven. That's the mountain of God's presence. All of this strength, hear me now, all of this strength and significance is what God, don't miss it, allowed to be transformed <laughs> into a male gamete and transferred <laughs> into the body of a teen girl. Lord have mercy. Jesus, hallelujah. All of this glory all of this glory of God, this by design, lands in the belly of one who will manage before the manger. <laughs> glory to God. Somebody's getting happy right there. How are you managing carrying the gospel? How are you managing carrying holiness? How are you managing carrying the righteousness of Jesus Christ? I just want to ask somebody. Surely. God Almighty could have chosen a more appropriate place for his all-powerful seed to be born in. Well, church, there is actually no more powerful place than the manger. For the manger speaks to the ability of God who transcends all that is to completely divest himself of himself in the seed and then go to a place as humble as a divested seed 
Zacchaeus. What am I saying here? <laughs> there is glory and gory in the sea. Mm -hmm. Don't miss it. In a dark, destructive, and disobedient world, a seed is about to be planted to take this world from a sinful state to a state full of grace. Come on, extremes. Uh -huh. and this is why when we look at the manger scene, we must not look superficially. There's a lot to understand here. The babe Jesus born to this earth was wrapped in swaddling cloths. Uh, this was no baby blanket. There'll be order online or pick up at a specialty store. No, 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 no. All babies of this time were wrapped in swaddling clothes. This was to ensure that the baby stayed warm and that the limbs grew straight. Lord have mercy. I think we need a wrap it. All right, continue seeing me. So why mention it? What makes, hear me, the mention of swaddling clothes so important since old babies were wrapped that way? Well, more importantly than the cloths was where the cloths were placed. Where, where these cloths are placed? You see, we take our baby and we place them in a crib or a cradle. This family placed their swaddled baby in a feeding trough. Mm, 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 mm. Follow me from the majesty of God's mountain to the mangy, major's feeding trough. Oh, come on, somebody. Let's say it another way. <laughs> the swaddled baby will be placed in a dirty place for you and me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The swaddled baby will be placed in a lowly place for you and me. The swaddled baby will be placed in a feeding place for you and for me. The swaddled baby would have his life laid down for you and for me. Do you get it, church? The manger, glory to God, is the great equalizer. Yes, I said it. A manger is the great equalizer. <laughs> Woo! All right, all right. The manger speaks that, watch this, no one is good enough not to need it. Come on, everybody needs salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, yep. The manger speaks that, watch this, no one is too low to not deserve the swaddled baby. How oh, glory to God. <laughs> hey, a, a, a feeding trough, possibly toxic or unhygienic in some way, received the way. <laughs> the truth and the life. All right. So it don't matter how toxic your life is. Come on, somebody. It don't matter what way you're going. <laughs> it don't matter what falsity you're in. I'm here to introduce to you the babe who is laid in a manger, a dirty, toxic place. I'm sure they try to clean it up as best as they could. But trust you and me. 
Pastor Seaman, nor any of you other women run here, will talk about Dr. Woods deliver me in a manger. Nope, 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 nope. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Uh-huh. So be clear. Jesus came. Watch this. for Catch this. Catch this. Catch this. <laughs> Jesus came for the filthy rich and the dark poor. <laughs> oh, glory to God. I, I, I'm closer to finish than you think, but I'm having myself a good time right here. Point number two, from the mountain to the manger, from the cross of Calvary to the whole of hell. You got to follow it through, folks. As much as today's commercialized Christmas keeps you focused on the manger and on the baby, any right-thinking Christian must go further. For because of Christmas, we have Calvary. Mm -hmm. We have Mount Calvary. Did I say mountain? We have Mount Calvary. Mount Calvary believed to be perfectly heighted at 777 feet. That's what they say, folks. In elevation <laughs> is where the blessed baby, now a full-grown man, made the choice to subjugate his power and authority in order that you and I would have power and authority. And ultimately, that you and I would partake of the broken bread uh, and make our way. Come on, come on now. Follow the breadcrumbs. Make our way. Come on, Hansel and Gretel. Make our way back home to God. Mount Calvary or Golgotha may not be the highest mountain. However, it is this mountain that carries the highest purpose. Mm. For the babe was born to die. Come on now. I know you're unwrapping and you're like, Pastor Seaman, it's just about the gifts. We just want to celebrate. Well, we're celebrating the gift. That the gift made it to the mountain called Calvary. Uh-huh. As beautiful as Christmas is, you are to celebrate the crucifixion and the resurrection even more. For greater is the end of the thing. Church, let me tell you something here. Let me tell you about Mount Calvary <laughs> or Golgotha. Golgotha means skull. 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 It's the place where our Lord and Savior laid down his headship. Come on, somebody. In order to regain fellowship with humanity. Understand this. In the first, Jesus was laid in a feeding trough. In this next major mountain moment, Jesus gave his head as a ransom for many. Come on now. The mountain on the hill of the skull. Hey, Jesus, he, he emptied himself of all divinity to be broken as breadcrumbs. Come on now. Uh, to save the world from sin. This day, the bread that was laid in the feeding trough became the bread of life for life and eternity for you and for me. In the manger, the baby, his head was tender. <laughs> Doc, you're going to love this. It was tender, having a 
soft spot as babies do. <laughs> oh, glory to God. On the cross, the baby, now Christ, yet had a soft spot in his head as the thorns crushed into his skull and he shed lifeblood for you and for me. <laughs> he's got a soft spot. Somebody ought to say, he's got a soft spot for me. He's got a, he's got a soft spot for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the cross, the place of triumph, the mountain of triumph, was followed by another manger, the grave. Up to this point, the grave was toxic, was as toxic as, as it could be. Yet when the victorious sweet rose of Sharon, hey, Jesus, and the lily of the valley and the bright and morning star entered that manger, hey, <laughs> death just got sweeter, you all. I know, I know, Lord have mercy. I don't like it either. I don't look forward to it either, but I'm telling you, it got sweeter right here. Ha! If you know Jesus, I'm just having a church moment here. If you know Jesus to the pardoning of your sin, ha! As, as mean as it is, it, it doesn't have the victory, folks. Why not? Because the bright and morning star entered that manger. And when he did, he took authority away from the devil. That's right, devil. <laughs> and he led captives free. <laughs> oh, I'm free today. I'm free. Listen here. The low manger. That's, that's how, y'all. The low manger, the grave, the grave, no longer caused humanity. To be defeated in death. The low manger now no longer causes humanity to be left without hope and full of grief. Uh, the low manger now no longer causes humanity to be without the reality that death is the passageway to eternal life. Huh? Ah, that, just as just as on that first glorious Christmas morning, uh, that 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 manger scene was transformed. I'm here to tell you that because Jesus entered into the grave, that he he transformed death. That's why we as Christians, yes, we mourn. Oh my God, we grieve. Yet we don't grieve and mourn without hope. We allow the Comforter to comfort us because we win. And that takes me, church, <laughs> hallelujah, to my final point, point number three. From the mountain to the manger, from God's mountain to the manger of every sinner's heart. And might I say, every saint's heart too, yeah, that's right, don't leave me out. Hear this, once Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave, he ascended. Mm, we're going up, folks, in the first resurrection. He ascended. Jesus returned. Look at this. He returned home to the ultimate mountain, the throne of God. Remember, remember? Jesus sat and now sits at the right hand of God as our chief intercessor. Come on. That's why prayer is important. Hey! Oh Lord, I need me a prayer down here. Oh Lord, because Jesus is our chief intercessor. Come on now. For this reason, when we imperfect beings miss it, when we sin, Jesus speaks up for us. All he has to do is show his nail scarred hands. Mm. 
They are the forever witness that forgiveness is available to humanity. That's the reason a sinner's prayer is heard when they repent. And that's the reason a saint's prayer is heard when they ask forgiveness for things they miss. Ah. Jesus continues to justify us before God. Thank you, Jesus. The father, as it were, as it is, he is hearing his son. As we ask for forgiveness, we are participants of the reason for this season. See, so we can't just stop at the baby in the manger. He ain't getting the manger anymore. Might I say he's managing our walk through earth? All right, all right, you get it. <laughs> you see, while we now see heaven or God's throne in this point three as the ultimate mountain, there is an ultimate manger. Yes, yes, there is. It's all balanced, folks. <laughs> oh, no, 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 not where the beast of burdens were fed. The ugliest place. Do I need to repeat that? Because I think I'm beautiful. We think we're beautiful. Matter of fact, humanity wants to outwardly become beautifuler, beautifuler, and beautifuler. That's why we buy this, we shape this, we have certain... But can I tell you that no matter what we do to the outside of who we are, that spiritually, genetically, the ugliest place in this Maria right here is my heart. The ugliest place is the manger of the hearts of mankind. It's a toxic place. Come on now. It's a desperately wicked place. Because it always wants to be right. And you know I'm right right there. Ain't nobody here volunteering to be wrong. Not me. <laughs> Jeremiah 17 and 9. Hear it. We've heard it often. The heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. Who can know it? <laughs> well, I'll tell you who can know it. God can. And God does. I don't know my heart to the full. So I certainly don't know your heart. God knows, yet the love of God drew him, thank you, God, to send his son to be our propitiation. The love of Jesus and the blood of Jesus stand as a witness to it being worthwhile to save mankind from their sins. Isn't that beautiful? In other words, you know, God through, and I'm talking about the Trinity, they say, even though there's hearts are wicked, if the Holy Ghost gets a hold of them, we can manage them. We can manage them. That's why the Holy Spirit is my convictor. He convicts me when I go astray, when I think wrong. See, so, okay, all right, all right. Work that for just 10 seconds, Seaman. All right, I will. So that means when you are convicted of just missing it, you ought not be too distressed. You ought to say, thank you, Holy Ghost, glory, for managing my life. Now, it ought to be very, very terrifying, very terrifying to the person who calls themselves a Christian and is not being convicted by the wrong we are apt to do. We miss it. And that's why the Holy Ghost manages our lives. Back to the text. I'm almost done now. Wow. Whee. All right, director, not yet. Though. All right. So hear me. 
<clears throat> the heart is a figurative manger. It's not disinfected. Come on, y'all. Don't play with me. <laughs> it is full of only God knows what. I don't even God. That's why I laugh a lot because I'm like, I don't even know. God, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Woo. Yet because Jesus, because Jesus came as baby Jesus and paid the price, the valueless work of sinful humanity was raised uh-huh, to be invaluable. Hey, we are worth it. Oh, Lord, if we were in church and unmasked and we could touch each other for real, that's a high-five moment right there. But high-five the atmosphere. Thank you very much. And say, I am worth it. You are worth it. Hey, you're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. Hey, G- hey, Jesus. Jesus is telling us that we are worth it. God, Holy Spirit, worth it, worth it, worth it. Hey, all right. <laughs> we are worth it because Jesus paid the price. Yes, he did. He paid the price. Now, the one that accepts the breath, the crucifixion, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ can look forward mm, to Merry Christmas and Eternity Christmas. I just went extreme on you again. Yee! As beautiful as Christmas is today, this is this manger stuff. This manger, this low. Glory to God, I feel God. But one day in Eternity Christmas, yee, we will, I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> I hear Dr. David Jeremiah teaching now. Oh, when we stand and we receive the crowns for the work that we've done on earth. A star in our crown, another star, another reward. <laughs> well, we're going to be so glad, hey, to have been uh, the recipient of it. <laughs> but understand that had it not been for Jesus coming to the earth to give his life, that I would not have this star, this star, this star. And we're going to take the presence. Oh, every present that God gives us. And we're going to lay it down, cast it before the feet of Jesus. I don't deserve the present. Jesus, you are the present. You are the gift. You are my reward. Oh, glory to God. That's why it's more blessed to give than to receive. On that day, oh, I'm going to manage. I'm going to say, Maria, this is how you manage your earth life. Your earth life. And because you managed well, well done. Here's your crown and your stars. And I'm going to be so excited and say, Jesus, this belongs to you. Uh, 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 eternal Christmas. I wouldn't say Merry Christmas. I say eternal Christmas. Amen. Hallelujah. This is what we live for. And if you know Bible, you know I'm talking true. Yeah, this will be eternity Christmas in the presence of the one. Thank you, Jesus, who was born in a stable and provided stability. Hallelujah. Stability for my life. Because I accepted Jesus, I'm stable. We wonder what the answer is for Bermuda, what the answer is for wherever you live. It's found in Jesus, born in a stable to provide stability. For you and for me. When you give. The manger of your heart. 
to God. God will manage your life so that you are more than a conqueror. And church, that's something. <laughs> that's something to be happy about. And I end it by saying, indeed, Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas. Because you gave your life. Merry Christmas. Oh, I could talk more, but I got to preach tomorrow. I don't want to skip over into my sermon for tomorrow. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Can we give God praise? Can we thank God? Hallelujah. Everywhere where you are, be you in, in studio with me or out there. Amen. You should be praising. I see some of you. Yes, I see you. Deaconess Karen. Amen. Saying hallelujah to Jesus. That's right. This is not a time to greet each other in the chat. This is a time to chat to God. Amen. And to give God praise. And so we worship him today. Hallelujah. We magnify his name. Hallelujah. We give God high praise. Amen. We glorify him for what he has done. And so on this day, amen, amen. I don't know. It might be someone, if you're not listening live, it might be someone who listens later. I don't know. If you don't know Jesus Christ, hey, if you don't know the whole reason for this day, you can get to know him. You can receive the gift and then truly be a gift yourself while we walk this earth today. If you don't know Jesus Christ to the pardoning of your sins, I'm going to invite you to accept him today. Amen. Amen. That's right. Allison said it. Merry Christmas. I got to put up my sister's comment. You know how it goes. Hey, that's it right there. Christ is the mass. By the way, MAS Marie Antoinette Seaman, I'm just putting a little shameless plug in how my mama named me. That's all. And named me Mary. I was thinking about it today, folks. Maria, Mary, I'm a seaman. I'm going fishing. I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing else. I ain't saying nothing else. But y'all know I'm serious about what I'm serious. I got to do what I got to do. Glory to God. Amen. Our sister Stacy Can, I appreciate you. And she's saying, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the plan of redemption. That's it. That's why we're going to be around trees. I'll be with my family and the great nieces and nephews. And while they're unwrapping gifts and having a good time, I'm going to be thinking about Jesus and they will read the Bible story before they open up uh, the gifts. Amen. It's what we do. It's family legacy. Diane's daughter, shout out to mom. Hallelujah. But if you don't know Jesus, you are the most important person right now. Repeat this prayer after me to invite the gift giver, the gift himself into your heart. Repeat after me. Dear Father God, I come to you today. Thank you for this day. For Christmas Day 2021. And God, I thank you for Christmas Day year one. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to be born in a manger. And today I want him to manage my life. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe in the work that he came to do. I believe in the cross of Calvary. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior and soon coming King. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Well, if you did that, hallelujah, that's a good word right there, Deaconess Muriel. That's where we will fit a glory. <laughs> glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.